Welcome to Inside the House podcast, episode number seven at Virtual Worlds in Milton Keynes. Today we've got a panel discussion in a slightly different format, so bear with it and you'll find some great information here in the bathroom industry. Um, all about the future of the bathroom design and also we've got an accompanying video showing you the full 4D experience at Virtual Worlds. So have a look at our website, insidethehouse.co.uk and you'll find the links to that video. Also, put it on YouTube and social media. It'll be on Instagram, Instagram TV, uh, Facebook. So you'll find the video in all these different locations. Uh, please like the video. Please maybe subscribe if you feel you can and also leave us a review. We're looking for feedback, so please leave us a review on this video. So enjoy and there is another episode after this as well, episode number eight, which is again at Virtual Worlds, and we're discussing more about bathroom industry. And uh, yeah, so catch up with that. See you soon. Thank you guys for joining us today here at the lovely Virtual Worlds head office. Um, we have uh, Sandino, Luke, George, and Zoltan. Yes, today. So um, a mix of uh, product leads. Um, sorry, modelling team leads, uh, project manager, and actually a modeler. Is that correct? Yep, that's yep, me. Cool, perfect. The real worker, the one actually does all the grunt work. <laughs> exactly. well. yeah. uh, so today we were having a little bit of a different um, podcast, a little bit of a panel, so we're going to see how it goes. It was, a, it was a new style for us. So today, just get dive into it first of all. Um, Sandino, when you was at school, uh, and I'm sure you wanted to be something really interesting, what was your sort of, what did you want to be when you were younger? Did you have no idea? Do you have an idea? The thing is with me, I grew up in an industry where my parents had a fish and chip shop. Mm -hmm. So from a young age, I was always kind of developed to kind of like work in that. So it's always like eventually I might get my own fish and chip shop. Yeah, cool. Obviously, that is not the biggest dream you'd ever want as a kid. So as we started going through school, um, started developing IT and graphic design and stuff like that. And I started thinking maybe like advertising was going to be a good channel yep. that I'd start going into. Um I don't think I'm too far away from it. I'm not exactly like diverted a away from it completely, but yeah, that was kind of like the idea was advertising, graphic design, IT, yeah. use all those skills combined. Yep. Um, still very much in the chip shop. <laughs> Haven't got yeah. away from that at all. You still so do Saturdays and Sundays? Still or? do Fridays. Friday nights. Fridays, yeah. <laughs> Friday nights in the chip shop. Exactly. Come on, yeah. that's, that's cool. That's really good. Uh, you've never brought anything in for us? <laughs> yeah, where's all the leftovers? You tasted it. <laughs> where's all the scraps? You know, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, get you all the freebies. <laughs> and, and Luke, the same, same question to yourself then. Where, where, where was your sort of like background from, from school? Uh, I, like most kids my age, I enjoyed games. I guess. Yep. Um, so played a lot of Xbox, a lot of PlayStation. Mm. It kind of just developed from there, really, as, as I wanted to get into making those games yep. or how interested I would. I was kind of leaning towards the artsy style, so 3D modeling was the sort of the way to go. Um, then I went to university, studied interactive games design. Mm. Um, once you left, I applied for a lot of game jobs. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> They required a lot of experience, which I had zero of. Mm. Um, and then this job sort of come up, which is, like when I tell my friends what I do, I kind of say, all right, do you know The Sims? Sort of you design your own house. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do, but for real life. Yeah. So you create the real bathroom, kitchen. I, I kind of expand to the whole oh, house. Start so using that. Yeah. Let me start using that. <laughs> we, we make the Sims in real life. That's yeah, real life Sims. Yeah. Yeah. My friends don't know what I do. Every time I explain it to them, they're always like, 
you know, Chan about friends, that kind of situation. <laughs> that was really an old reference there, an 90s reference. <laughs> but then you go no back one, to saying, you no know, one I work in a chip you, shop. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go back to saying, I just work in chip shops. It's easier. It's easier to explain. Yeah. But uh, that's really interesting because you, you've actually sort of, your, your childhood playing games has developed into a career. And I think a lot of young people today uh, who are gaming, because there's a huge gaming society out there of, of, of Call of Duty, whatever the latest game may be, and there's a huge amount of people who actually want to make a career in, in, in doing that and making money. And there are a few, but only a small percentage of actually physically making money in that. In that yeah, sector. it's quite um, shaky, the the industry, of how long you actually have a job for, unless you're seeded quite well in a company. You, mm -hmm. From what I hear, you don't spend too long at one company, you sort of jump around. So it's quite nice to have that security here where you're... Yeah. It's really I'm not going to be let go in the next... Well, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> in the next yeah, month or so. Today, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all good. And yourself, George? Me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I... I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wanted to be loads of different things, as girls did. I, wanted to work it. I mean, it sort of when I was little, I wanted to be um, a lawyer and a doctor. Then it sort of... <laughs> then my dreams sort of got smaller, being yep. a hairdresser, pet store. So <laughs> I did nothing to do with IT, nothing to do with CAD at all. Um, and then I grew up, went to university, and I yep. sort of did one module in CAD modelling. How did um, that come about? That's well, it, well, it was kind of optional, really, yep. and I thought, oh, I'll have to give it a go. Mm -hmm. So I did, Yes. and I found I actually enjoyed it. Yep. Um, and then we have a placement year, so that was when you have to go and find work. I tried to find some work and didn't get anywhere um, and it was only by chance I went to see my tutor and said look I need some help in trying to find some work and he said oh I know someone who used to work here I'll give him a call yeah. so I gave him a call and I got my work placement here and did you start doing modelling here yes. that was, was that your start yes. was it yeah, yeah you started doing modelling yeah and then worked your way up as that's yes. Good. Yeah, really good. So I've been here ever since. Yeah. So the the, the lawyer to a three D modeler. Mm. To, <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. It's an interesting contrast, isn't it? You know, because the reality of being a lawyer is actually you know, there's a lot of work and there's a lot of qualifications mm. and it's a certain type of person who can do that. And actually, you probably thought you wanted to be that person because it's a nice dream job maybe <laughs> to some people. And then you think to yourself, actually, you've gone down a road of something more hands on and practical, you know, which is a different type of skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Do you okay. think it's still like who you know rather than what you know as well? Yeah. There's still a lot of that. 100%. Because obviously, you know, word yeah, of mouth, I can't you hear a job. I fell into it because I did yeah. one module and yeah. then went to my tutor. Yeah. He said, Oh, I can help you with that. Yeah. And we rung someone up here. I don't know who we spoke to. And then <coughs> came here and did a work placement. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I don't know anyone in the industry. Nope. No one, none of my family background. Again, it was they own, we owned a restaurant. So again, I worked there sort of yeah. part time. Yeah. Um, thinking that perhaps I might actually, sort of, again, going down that lineage, I might have to work there full time after afterwards. But yeah, I don't know anyone in this industry at, at all. No, that's, that's, that's interesting. And, yeah. and most of the people we've asked, it's not unusual. It's quite normal that that is the that is the case. Oh, it's who yeah. you know. It is one hundred percent who you know. You kind of fall into yeah. the jobs. And Some see, don't. You see why a lot of university students come out of university and struggle because. They don't have that connection. No. Nope. They probably have the qualifications, but you go, you go to hand a CV to somebody. Mm. I mean, I've handed out loads of CVs, but yeah, my connection came again through catering and stuff like that, where you speak to customers, yep. and they're like, oh, I'll try and get you a job as a, as a placement, and you start off at the very bottom, 
That's quite a good way up. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting concept I'll come to in just a sec, but uh, start yourself at the bottom. Yeah. And it's quite interesting. I think a lot of people come out of university and think, I've got a qualification. I need to go straight into this job at this position on X number of pounds worth of money because I've done my university degree. Mm. And actually, they forget, unfortunately, that you've probably still got to start at the bottom, yeah. even with your degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as awful as it is, maybe it shouldn't happen, but it does. It's the, the truth of it. Because real-world experience is probably more practical and more... Uh, necessary than a, than a qualification. It's only now until I'm actually at a position or a level as a manager and stuff where actually I probably could do those qualifications now. Yeah. It was only when I was in a placement it didn't matter that I didn't have a, a degree or such because I didn't go to university. But now I'm a full-time manager and looking after a team, I could actually do a few courses and stuff like that or yeah. actually get trained up in that. So you almost have to self-learn yeah. and find those courses online, which is expensive yeah. we'll and time-consuming. Yeah. Go back to the business and see if they'll mm. put you on a course. We can ask Nathan later. Yes, um, <laughs> and so, so and yourself. Well, my case is similar to Luke's. I grew yep. up on video games. Yeah. What uh, was your favourite game? It obviously varies, but I always go back to Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. It's yep. just so fun. And Quake 3 Arena. Uh, the old shooters and old games. Doom. I love the new Doom as well. It always varies. Still a gamer then? Still do the gaming? Of course. So I love it. Um, So I fell in love with games. I fell in love with 3DS Max. Uh, I was like 14. Really? Like, like at first I started with Maya and just pressed the space button and all these different options came up. I was like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. I'm not going to do this. Then I found this new software, 3DS Max, and it was so easy to use for me. And I was like, I want to do this. And at that time, I didn't know games were made by like 3D applications, I was just, my idea back then uh, was I'm going to be a programmer because I know video games need programmers, like, I don't know where the idea came from, uh, but later I realized that, okay, I need to be an artist actually, uh, and then I practiced a lot of uh, 3DS Max, and, and I got my first job uh, after, during college, I was doing uh, graphic design back yep. then, and like I bumped into my old classmate who was the lead programmer uh, for a company, uh, like an event company, and they were looking for someone who does 3D. And he was like, hey, Zoltan, you do 3D, right? Like, yes, why? We need you right now. And it was a, like, I got a really rapid project. Like, mm-hmm. I had to be done with several complex models in three days. And I did them in two days. I didn't sleep at all, and I got the job eventually. And uh, then after that, two years later, I got the job in the game industry. And mm-hmm. uh, I was really happy with it. My salary was like less than half. Yeah. But uh, and I had to work for the minimal wage because uh, we were paid after performance. But I loved it. Like I spent, like we could sleep in the office. I was like, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Sleep in the office? Yeah. <laughs> a couple of my colleagues always spend the nights there. Really? Well. Uh, because you bring your own sleeping bags and pillows. And could do, yeah. Order pizza. Like <laughs> I, I remember, like, like student life. Student <laughs> life, isn't it? Oh my God. I was, I was uh, running uh, out of uh, money on my phone, so I quickly uh, phoned my girlfriend, like, please order pizza for to this address. Thank you, and tell me when it's here. <laughs> Uh, and, and yeah, that's how I got pizza. That but that was the so there was the gaming side. So you've, you you saw a dream of going into gaming kind of did exactly. happen. And, and finally, I achieved it, and I loved every moment of it. Uh, but it was a startup company, like a really small one. And after a while, they ran out of work. So like it was an an outsource 
uh, company, but we did our own game as well. And uh, they ran out of projects, they couldn't hire us anymore. Uh, so after that, I immediately, so I was kind of fired uh, on Friday. On Sunday, I got an amazing job at uh, Hungary's national TV channel. Yep. And I was a motion graphic designer. Really easy job, but that, that was really easy. Uh, and I was really bored. So I, then I moved to the UK and like look for ways to get a job here. It's really competitive. That's when I realized this 3D industry in the uh, in the UK is really competitive. You have to be one of the best. That's Luke said. Like, <laughs> if you have to know everything and a bit more, yep. uh, then you are considered. Uh, so I did that, and <laughs> for like I've worked on my portfolio for two, nah, a year and a half, and then I saw this application, uh, not the, uh, vacancy from uh, Logic on Virtual Worlds, and I was like, that's me, that's me, like, that's just modeling and fun and everything, and, uh, and I got the job. No, yeah, cool. <laughs> you mentioned two things there that was quite interesting. One is the fact you had to be an artist, and I think that's an interesting point, because I think what the, the modeling is, yeah. is a kind of artistry, isn't it? You, know, you are artists in your own right, and we talked mm. briefly before we started this, but about how you get a product from the, the catalogue picture as a layman. How do you get a the catalogue picture of a toilet or a dishwasher or whatever the product may be? A toilet may be maybe so more simpler than a furniture unit or something. But you take that and bring it to first on a computer screen in say two D, then you know, you're looking at three D or your four D theatre. You know that and uh, augmented reality. You're bringing that into all those different places. That is surely an artist's. That yeah, it needs an eye. Yeah. It needs an eye. You know, you need Especially when we don't get any measurements. So, for example, when I got a bath feed, and the brief was good luck. You had to have artistic eyes. Like you have to see the shapes. You 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 have need to be an artist, uh, and then figure out the measurements that, like you have to go by eyes. So yeah, you have those artistic uh, skills next to the. Like uh, when you have to be a designer and to know the curvature, like uh, what angle it goes, uh, like how long it can be. If like, you have to, yeah, you have to practice it a lot. Yeah, I mean, some of our clients are very good. They do provide the model um, ready. I mean, to our specifications, and then we can just upload. I mean, our software is pretty much it's a path to the industry for a lot of our clients. So they give us the model, we upload it to virtual worlds, and then customers can use it on the other side. Yeah. So. As long as we give them the right specs and what we need, they some of them are good. Some of them are some of us just provide drawings that we have to recreate and create the model ourselves. But yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a varied bunch, uh, bunch really. Yeah. It really does vary on just the client. Just like to make a point that it's not just artistry, artistry. <laughs> Being an artist, yeah. Um, a lot of the team here have to be quite technically minded as well. Yeah because um, one of the projects we've been working on is um, kitchen appliances. Yep. And that, it's sort of, you've got oven doors, um, microwave doors, we've got, oh, what else have we got? Um, fridge doors, freezer yeah, doors. Fridge doors, freezer, dishwashers, things like that. So everyday house appliances that you don't really look at, um, but you use every day, mm -hmm. but you, what, we have actually had to look at them <laughs> in, you know, in yeah. depth, as in how does this door move? How thin is this door? How do all the internal bits all work together mm. to actually make it look accurate? 
and a lot of the um, manufacturers don't give us information on that. So you so take a lot of time in actually trying to simulate real life. Almost yes. kitchen yeah. designers yeah. and bathroom yeah. designers as well. Yeah, because you're di yeah, exactly. You're designing yeah, and, and also the manufacturer taking on the manufacturer's role to a certain degree of how does you say how does the door sweep? Well, yeah. yes. the manufacturer would have designed that and thought about that and how it works exactly. when they design the product. Yeah. Exactly. But that necessarily wouldn't be the same person you're dealing with no, in the it's manufacturer. Not. No. So you're dealing with somebody marketing maybe who will give you the catalog or something yeah. in yeah. R and D or mm -hmm. whatever. But yeah, that's, that, that's yeah, a challenge. We have to be it? creative yeah. as well as quite technically minded yeah. to understand yeah. how the product works so we can convey that exact product into virtual worlds. Yeah. It's been just trial and error. It's been trial and error. Like really. Just last week, like we had a conversation with George uh, about oven doors. Like, should they have a glass cover in front of them or is it just metal and some stickers? And mm. we didn't know we didn't have an oven in front of us. And then I went home, it was at the weekend, and Oh, here's an oven. And I took pictures of it, like, ah, oh, so it goes in there like that. So there is a glass cover. And I sent the pictures <laughs> to George, and she was like, Zoltan, close the oven and enjoy your week. I've <laughs> been working like six months in advance as well, what we tried to before the brochures probably even released. So some of our manufacturers, it's not even, the products haven't even gone live. So we're trying to create things that necessarily aren't in the market yet. So we're trying to be more forward thinking, trying to get this stuff live with the product launch date as well. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for a lot yeah. of manufacturers as well, because I know all these manufacturers are pretty useless at getting the photography done, mm -hmm. and that'll be done last minute, the brochure's done last minute, so you're almost working off of, well, what do you even work off of? Uh, yeah, how do you even create it? Yeah, yeah, yeah just uh, <laughs> yeah, just go and design an oven now, and we'll make it, it's probably easier. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned fun, uh, so you said coming here was, as I was fun, uh, a fun environment, and something that I'm quite interested in is the culture of business as well. So, you know, what makes working with these guys, and obviously George is a big influence, I'm sure, on your fun, um, but how does that, uh, how, how, what makes it fun compared to your previous jobs, and, and what's, what do you enjoy about uh, Definitely that it's all about modeling, I, I love that part. Uh, like, we had these, like, we had to work a lot in Excel as well. I came to like that as well. Like, it's just solving riddles, like, why isn't, like, why does the oven work uh, open, like, yeah, in, a, in the wrong way, like, why is it? Then I figure out the problem. It, it makes, like, ah, oh, I solved another issue, another issue. It, it just makes it fun. Uh, and then, when you see your work, like, posted somewhere, like, uh, one of the manufacturers or a designer posts your oven there or your... Uh, toilet or whatever it makes like it makes you feel really good that yep. that's my work when I worked in video games I I, I, I was looking forward to that feeling when you the character was carrying the gun you more than like oh, that's me that's me like I send pictures to my friends oh, I did that like I'm, many of us from here they send uh, like pictures of their stuff to family members like when a manufacturer posts this picture of their stuff. And see, I did that, oh, and it was me. Really, like, it, it makes it fun, and obviously the environment is really good. It's really family-like. It's, yes. it's mm -hmm. amazing to work with. So it's like with. a sort of family you're working with, you're getting the re reward, recognition, seeing your product out there that's being used in the real world, exactly. and obviously solving problems, obviously, for you is yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> a, good, a good fun as well. And yourself, George? I, I think it's all down to the people you work with. I mean, I think at the end of the day, work is work, which whichever industry you are mm -hmm. but if you've got a good team of people to work with it just makes your day better yep. yeah there's always I mean we all work on different teams but there's always a you know banter going on and we there's work socials every so often yep. so we all just like to talk yep. it just makes a day 
really good. And good fun work culture. Yeah. But you said they go quicker, doesn't it? That's the thing that I find. Yeah. <laughs> and about yourself? Yeah, same as George, really. I've got um, a group of seven people in my room, so we all just have a good old laugh, really. Try to get some work done as well, but yeah, of course, yeah, it's yeah. mainly about the laugh, <coughs> mainly about the laugh yeah. and the banter, and then you yeah, do a little bit of work. Yeah, maybe maybe four till five at the end of the day, just yeah. an hour's work, catch um, up on everything. Yeah, that's no, cool. Well, being their project manager, sometimes when I walk into the room, laughter stops. So it's oh, really, yeah. it's a bit <laughs> they difficult. don't include you in the. No, fun. I don't include you. So it's like, um, you know, I've worked for big companies, big corporations, and um, <coughs> I always find that upper management always set the tone as well. So trying to set a relaxed tone for these guys to work in a happy environment rather than always just constantly being at them and trying to you know dictate what they're doing i mean they're all adults and they all know um right from wrong sometimes and if something has gone wrong then we all as a team combine get together and uh push forward and try to find a solution for it yeah. um likewise for my md and you know all the all my upper management all quite relaxed and we're all in the same building and we all win together and we you know so the culture comes from the top and yeah. it's all down, you're just replicating the culture down through the teams. Mm-hmm. And that's Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. Well, they all went out last night for a bit. Yeah, apparently did, did so. You go? Yeah, no, <laughs> did you not miss that memo? Did you? Oh, I was back in the gym yeah. shop. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really good. Yeah, innovation. So, for, for yourself, like the innovation of the, the, the products and for you guys as a team working on the actual trying to model something, we, we were talking earlier slightly about um, appliances we mentioned. But with technology moving forward and appliances having, like for instance, cameras inside them now to see inside your fridge, uh, the front door can change to a picture of inside your fridge. Mm. H- how's that going to be reflected for, for you guys? I mean, who's got you know, reflecting that in virtual? How are we going to reflect it in virtual worlds? Yeah. Because I mean, you. I mean, you've seen the. You've seen four D. You've seen four D. No, no. You've seen four D develop over the years and see the functionality yeah. that we've now put into that. Yeah. There's no reason why we can't get that stuff. I and mean, we've got touch screens and stuff like that within the, the 4D headset. I mean, those kind of things are quite easily put in. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, time and yeah, who's after it and stuff like that, where we allocate that time to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see any reason why we can't put it in. Well, I think a lot of uh, time and like, research goes into what the products can do. Mm. And talking with customers about how what they want to see actually replicated in like the 4D theatre. Yep. Um, so I think that'll probably be the next stage because we we are starting on the appliances. I know with the showers, you can have different shower sprays. Yep. So originally we didn't have any showers actually emitting any water. It was just a static shower. Now we've got the functionality to touch the shower and it will turn on. It will spray water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some companies have multi-function showers, and so then we're putting in the functionality to, oh, every time you touch it, it cycles through the amount of shower spray types that you've got. So there is a lot of thought that's going into you know, what, what do customers want to see when they get into their room. Um, we do have uh, like an Alexa kind of um, system in 4D Theatre where you can do voice commands. Mm. So I, that's just a natural extension to if there's a kitchen that you've got with a, an oven that has it, just connect it up to that. I can, I can imagine. So you could, you could. You know, the idea going forward then is you could have a 4D theater and you could say, Alexa, show me the contents of my fridge, as you would in the real life, and it would then change the, the screen of the fridge to the food that's re- you guys have represented inside the fridge. Yeah. So that isn't beyond technology. No, no, that would be 
just putting the time in, really. Of course, the yeah. time and investment and the manufacturer may not want to invest that yeah. time and it may not be relevant, but going forward as we get more down that road, it's, it's probably going to get, you know, like you say, Alexa, turn my shower on, or Alexa, turn main bathroom one shower on, whatever it may be, that's actually, yeah, that's doable. Yeah, that's, that's, that's incredible. That's, I think that's really, really clever to be able to, to offer that to yeah. a consumer. Yeah, and then the, the retailer will be able to speak to the consumer directly with in one of the showrooms. I mean, our whole thing is about you know, keeping the, the high street alive and making sure that the retailer and if we've got these 4D theatres put in, yep. um, that way a, a customer can walk into any of these places and, and put a headset on and see what it, what it works like rather than having to buy one of those fridges yeah. or go in and test it manually. Yeah, of course. Cause, uh, you know, different versions of it and different yeah. colours yeah. rather than it being physically there. It's, it's the beauty of it. So from that point of view, you could essentially say, you know, from a kitchen sharing point of view, you could have one setup on the mm -hmm. 4D theatre and you could change that through, rotate it through any setup that the customer wants. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like nullifies the physical sharing. Mm. Well, you just you've multiplied it out. Yeah, how many it, times you want, times. Yeah. yeah. And if the fashion for the floor tiles has changed from grey to pink, then you mm. just change it from grey to pink and it's not yeah. an issue. Whereas to change the showroom from grey to pink, that's yeah. taking all the tiles off. Yeah, and they've got limited space, they've only probably got two or three display units that they actually have within that, that yeah. showroom. Yeah. Um, yeah. We do a lot of um, like budget ones as well, so you can have like a low budget version of the bathroom, mm -hmm. which shows you the less expensive versions mm. and then, oh, if you spend an extra £2,000, you can have it looking like this and then they replace out all of the uh, basins and baths with a slightly more expensive one, and then if you spend another ten thousand pounds, then you can have all the bells and whistles and better uh, best. I think what they call it. I think yeah, a good better best scenario. That's, yeah. that's that's interesting. It's clever that you can do that almost like a touch of a button. If that makes it sense. is. It's a voice command. Yeah. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's very clever. That's <laughs> interesting. I should watch the demo maybe. <laughs> um, uh, and then I've also got on here, like uh, we've we've kind of touched on it, I suppose, a little bit, but roadmap of products and and obviously we've mentioned Alexa and, and home automation, or maybe Apple, or maybe Google. Who knows which one? I don't know if anyone's got a take. Do you, who do you think is going to win that race? That's a Google. Obviously, I've got Alexa an Alexa to say I use it, but the way it probably could be used, I probably don't. I probably play the radio on it. I really don't use it enough. So An interesting we fact. You, have, you, have you got Alexa? Have you no. got Alexa? Nothing at all? Nothing at all. Don't, don't like the idea of it? Um, I guess I'm just old-fashioned, really. If I want to listen to the radio, I just turn the radio on. Yeah, got it. Cool. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I, don't, I don't feel like I need a voice command to turn the light on or yeah. a voice command to turn anything else yeah. on. If I want to do that, I can physically do it. Yeah. So I don't need uh, The listening-in thing does concern me, like... You've got your Alexa on and you're talking about a subject and then you go onto your Instagram mm -hmm. and there's an ad in your Instagram yeah. for that thing you've just been talking about. Great. It really does kind of really? freak me out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but or the area that you're in, part yeah. of What are you I mean, talking about that you shouldn't be talking about? <laughs> What's your Instagram thing? Uh, but but you, you mentioned that about that and, and then you could turn it on its other, turn it the other way mm -hmm. and you could turn around instead of seeing an advert for something you're not interested in, mm -hmm. you're potentially seeing something that's interesting. And from an advertiser's point of view, if you look at um, now, I'll give an example, and this is I've taken this from someone else's his train of thought. But if you say, okay, what we can now do is we would then show you an advert. You're talking about Barbados, so mm. what we do is we show you an advert in your Instagram feed about uh, an amazing show in Barbados. So you think, oh, there's an amazing show. I was talking about it the other day. So now what we've now got is showing you a show in Barbados. So you kind of think, oh, do I like to go to that show? 
and then for the next couple of days they show you a deal on some flights and a hotel to Barbados. Yeah, and then you were cr- scary. Uh, <laughs> but but it's no different. Well, yeah, and, and from Alexa probably, but yeah. but but from, <laughs> from or, or Google or whichever one it may be. But if you look at it, uh, that that's where it's going to probably get to where it can influence what you purchase. Mm. And if you think about it, it's no different actually from where um, the iPad was invented. The iPad, nobody had an iPad, nobody wanted an iPad, nobody even knew an iPad existed. Mm. Apple went away and invented an iPad and then sold you a dream to say, actually, you need this, and they've made it influenced for you to go and purchase one, because you never needed an iPad before. If you've got one, most people probably have, or a, a tablet-style design product. Tablet, yeah. um, and the tablet was never there until they sort of invented the desire to have one. And I think it's the same scenario. All it is is just uh, the future of that same piece of advertising is that you can now say, okay, I'll send someone a picture of a show, then a few days later say that, okay, we're interested in that. Now I'll show them the, the, the flights to get there and the hotel to get there. And do you know what? If they haven't purchased in three or four days or a week or whatever, then now I'm going to show them an even better deal to do it today on a time cap. If they don't do it today, it's going to lose it and I'm going to force people down the road. But, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you won't be receptible, uh, receptive to that. Um, because you won't have you haven't got one, uh, <laughs> but the the most the most popular voice command for Alexa is uh, set a timer. That's the set most popular. Yeah, that's the most popular. Again, there's probably so many things it can do, but yeah, yeah. But where do you think it's going to come into the bathroom? In your, where do you think it's going to kitchen, bathroom? You know, the home. Where do you think it could be a use? You know, I guess when you're running low on stock for any particular any home stuff, when they've already got like the dishwasher tablet buttons on your dish, that you can yeah. press the button and it orders dishwasher tablets for you. Yeah. And stuff like that. But once it's low, really. you'll know that every six weeks you need some sort of delivery yeah. in the future. Um, but disabilities, you know, from people from a disability point of view, can you, you know, from a voice command, can you turn my shower on at 38 degrees mm-hmm. for them? Can you turn it off because I'm now finished to get out of the shower or the bath or you know, lower my seat for me? Yeah, that sort of stuff. But they're the, the real world uses where I think voice, maybe. I don't know what your thoughts are. I think kitchen appliances, I think we recently went to. Um, a Siemens presentation and they showed us all their products and they currently do, I think, they actually had products where it is voice activated. Mm-hmm. Can you remember? It was like a, an oven one where you can actually, it was a bit weird, you actually had to turn it on first before you be voice activated or was yeah. it a remote control where you can actually turn the oven on before, go out for a walk or go to the pub and then the oven will be on and ready and warmed up for when you get home to put your you're roasting. Mm-hmm. I think so their example was, oh, I'm going to spend another 20 minutes at the pub yeah. buying this guy a drink. Some random guy yeah. that just bought a drink. I can't remember yeah. the story. Um, and he turned his oven down yes, so it, it didn't burn what was in the oven yeah. through his app. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so, so it's, it's already, it's in, quite, it's already in place, I suppose. It just needs to be more, I don't know. Tested um, and yeah, tested and marketed, yeah. More because they're normally like the top end products as well, yeah. aren't they? So your average Joe's not going to have something that like top end, mm-hmm. but they're expensive as well. Yeah. So it's kind of how they roll it out to just normal people like us. Well, I suppose it's no different to fit. I don't know if you guys are into fitness, fitness apps, but a lot of people do fitness apps. Mm-hmm. You think about it, you know, you might follow. Fit. What do you want to achieve? I want to lose weight or get faster or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it and take it onto the kitchen, you know, could you just talk about? Please, could you set my? Uh, could you cook that lamb? It's, it's a two pound of lamb. Or whatever the weight is, four pound lamb. Can you can you can you get Jamie Oliver's version of it cooked at his recipe? You know, does that make sense? So you can actually cook yeah. the whole lamb perfectly by the Jamie Oliver style, and then you'll get chefs sponsoring the, 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 send the, the different the ingredients that you need for that. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, maybe for the future. Um, 
thank you guys. I think it's been really interesting and I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank, so you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.